Good morning. At least that's what time of day it is right now. Um, this is my first recording, so we'll see how this goes. Um, I'm Sarah. I am a 32-year-old hairdresser. I'm a wife, a mother-to-be, and a daughter and sister. I have gone through a long little personal journey, and I will continue to go on it over the years with lots of different experiences, and some of them I hope to share and help others better understand they're not alone, it's okay, and to pursue growth and better learning of themselves versus the learnings that we're told by society or our families or just by kind of body or mental negative thinking. Um, Today... I'm going to kind of dive into this season I'm in with prepping for becoming a mother. I'm in my third trimester, and part of the exercise I have been doing is self-created also in partnership with my doula and dear friend Lauren. Um, She's working on this new education system that she wants to help other families experience while going through parenthood and birthing and delivery and so I am fortunate enough to get to kind of experiment on things with her and I love it because it taps into who I am what I believe in and hopefully will help somebody else so let's go right into it um we're looking into the the death and the birth of the parent or the mom or the dad or the partner um in Ayurvedic practices and a lot of like doula work, they discuss the like death and the birth of the, the, the mother mostly because she's going through child labor. And they happen at the same time. So it's like as you're birthing this human, you're also losing a person, which is yourself. And, you know, your identity is kind of gone in a in a sense, but really it can be so present. And so my thoughts and feelings after learning and being educated in some of this birth and death of the identity through parenthood and child labor took me into this mindset of, well, how do we best prepare for the death of our old selves, embrace what's to come in our new identity and maybe even how to preserve or maintain and honor parts of our old selves so that we don't feel so far away from who we were pre-parenthood. So I decided for myself and my husband, Parker, that we were going to sit down and kind of go through some of this together because I do believe it happens to both partners. Um, I know not every marriage is like ours, Parker and I both are big feelers and communicators and self-learning like growers. So I knew I could go into this with him and get really great participation and support. Um, so far, I've just done the work with myself, um, but I figured sharing it with all of you, even if you're not going through parenthood, might be a good thing because I have had ego deaths before and... In a way, I feel like I am going through that right now, simultaneously of <laughs> with it going on during my third trimester. So 
the first thing I sat down to do was I listed out parts of pre-mom me to be celebrated, which anybody who knows me personally knows that I am not always the quickest to like pat myself on the back. So making this list was a little bit of a challenge, but I did do it. And, you know, I just really sat back almost as though like, what would I want people at my funeral if I were able to communicate what I wanted to be said there would talk about. And I didn't write it as an obituary. I had kind of contemplated that, but it just felt too, too like 3D and too, I don't know, not in the right space that I wanted to go with it. So I just listed out what I wanted to celebrate about myself prior to becoming a mom. Um, I don't even know how many things are on here. 1, 2, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 27. I wrote 27 things about myself. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, I, I wrote 27 things. So I would say just sit down, grab a cup of tea, get a notebook, and take some time. Um, list out the things. Some of them are phrases or words like, my creati- creativity and style, my work ethic, the planner in me, the love for food and drinks, thoughtful, kind-hearted, love for music, I'm a leader, a lifelong learner, you know, just little things like that, personal care routines. Those are things that I I wanted to celebrate about myself because I know that there are things I've experienced individually or with other people and gotten a lot of greatness out of them. And that's really the pursuit of life is the experience of it and what people remember watching you experience or sharing in the experience with you along the way. So after writing out that list, I then went back with a different colored pen because that's just how my, my mind works. But you could go with a highlighter or just like put a little tick next to these. And I circled the ones I wanted to preserve for sure, <laughs> because at 32, which everybody's life goes through different trials and tribulations, I've, I've really earned the badge of, I, I do know myself pretty well at this stage. I know I'm going to continue to change and get to know myself, but I do know what I want to preserve because I've taken the time, I've done the work. I'm a self-healer as well as getting help from others. And I just circled the things I wanted to preserve and share with my doula, my partner, and my family and my child so that everybody knows these are things I don't want to lose because that's part of my identity, I think, even in motherhood. So after circling those things, I then kind of went into this new, like, mindset of what are we parting with from that list so anything that didn't get circled and I I only didn't circle three things which I don't know I was like oh somebody who can't list out all their good traits or whatever he did a good job keeping all of them um but no I I picked only three which maybe that's okay maybe other people will experience that or maybe they'll experience that they want to abandon a bunch of things like that they loved celebrating um And so the things that I decided that I wanted to part with, I wrote down on another sheet and I then went into why and I elaborated why I wanted to part with them. 
Um, so I'm going to share the three things just because they're short that I chose to part with and kind of elaborate on it with you. Um, I celebrated getting things done mindset, showing up for others and putting others first. Those were things I, I celebrated about myself because pre-mom me, like I could get my mind in the game and get it done and move on. And that was great. But I don't think that that's where I'm supposed to be going. I think that's going to change. And this part of who I am to an extent, getting things done, showing up for others, and not thinking of myself first, they'll, they'll always be there, these three things that I just listed. Um, I just want them to show up in a better way. And so I'm going to part with the intentions I've had for... 32 years behind showing up for others, putting others first, and having this very strong mindset when accomplishing my to-do lists. Um, Things are going to get done. (laughs) I mean, I hear all the time from parents. I watch it happen. Like, parents are amazing. Moms can get stuff done. You don't have to have this mindset. I think the thing I have observed and hope to keep in check, and I know I won't do it perfectly, is... Having mindfulness while I do it, do the things because sure you're vacuuming, you're sleep deprived, you're cooking, you're doing all these things, but having this mindset of, I just need to get these things off the list. Yes, it takes away stress and those things do have to occur, but what about the mindfulness behind it? How do I show up in those little scenarios and give myself some grace when I need it. And that's kind of my focus on it in this realm. So my mindset just needs to be more mindful, I think. So I'm parting with this strict list and I know it's going to get done. I know everything is going to get done. I have faith in that. I have faith in the powers and the gifts that I've been given by God or source, or whatever you believe in. Um, but I know, also, I can't keep showing up for others unless I've done so for myself first. And it's not that I don't want to show up for other people, because I love my friends, my family, my clients, my... I love people, even people I don't know I love. And I just know that I need to check in with myself about whether or not I'm really in a position to show up for them before I actually commit. I remember as a single person on a Sunday, so many times I'd have like a friend say, oh, do you want to go do this? And I had no like spouse or partner or kids or pets. And I'd be like, yeah. And I would go on the hike or to the brunch or to shop or to do whatever. And it was fun and I have great memories and it deepened my relationships with them. But then I'd come home at the end of the day and my house was a disaster. I hadn't done any laundry. I I didn't get the groceries done or whatever I needed to do for myself, which was self-care to get myself in a better position for the week. I abandoned it for others. And, you know, maybe I didn't need to say no to the friend, but say, hey, you know what? I need to be done by this time because I got to get all this stuff done. You know, setting a better boundary and looking back and understanding that was the lesson learned there. Um, is really helpful for me. So just showing up for others will always happen for me. But 
it's not going to happen in the same way as a parent for many reasons, but intentionally and mindfully, I'm choosing to abandon it and part with it so that I can show up for myself first and say, hey, what is my family, my son, my husband, what do I need from myself right now before I go commit to somebody else? Um, and then I, <laughs> putting others first, this is tricky because I am a codependent person. I'm in recovery for it. And I know this is a long healing journey for me and it's a lot of reprogramming. And I, <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to completely be non-codependent. Um, it's interesting though, learning about the path to reprogramming all of this. I've done a lot of work with therapists, with life coaches, with intuitive coaches, and it's been beautiful. I appreciate my codependency in the phase I'm in right now more than I ever have. Um, I, I don't mind discussing it with people. I was really shameful about it for several years. Um, but, you know, the codependent person in me, I mean... I need to intentionally put people first because I put people first because that's just how my brain programmed it. And my happiness came from their needs being met over mine. But if I intentionally choose to put somebody first, I, I have experienced it in small ways because I'm still working on it. But it feels so much deeper and the emotion of like, yeah, I'm choosing to do this. Like with Parker specifically, like he's been the greatest partner for me to learn and grow and heal in this because he doesn't let me put him first just instinctually. And so when I intentionally do it, you can physically feel the the love and the adoration that he has for me choosing him over something else, not out of my natural instinct of codependency, but because I consciously was doing it. And that vibration or energy or feeling is so powerful that I am really going to try and do that as a parent. I know I probably won't do it well all of the time, but these are these are things that matter to me and i want to make sure that my son doesn't necessarily get the same programming that i had to shift and so these are the parts that i'm abandoning i think doing this exercise excuse me um is really healthy for an ego death as well so even if you're not going through childbirth um taking a moment and kind of deciding what you're parting with as you go through a life event that's changing who you are. Um, the parts of you also that are, you're preserving from that ego death or going into parenthood, you need to list out too. And I rewrote them, which seems a little redundant, but words have power. What you say, what you read, what you write. Getting it out of your body, I have learned over the years, is one of the most healing inexpensive and opportunity giving activities you could give yourself. It's an opportunity for you to see it, to feel like 
it exists somewhere else other than in the body, the mind, and the heart. So rewrite out those parts you want to preserve from that initial list. And very simply at the end, I came to this realization of why I was preserving these. It didn't have to be, I don't think it has to be a very long justification or explanation as to why you're preserving these traits of your pre-parent self or your pre-ego death self. Um, But in a weird way, you're kind of the expert in yourself. You, You should be pursuing to be the expert in Sarah Marie Tovey or whoever you are. And as I've become like an expert in who I am, and not in an arrogant way, because I'm still figuring it out, but I'm, I'm now in this position where I want to preserve these so I can teach these traits and give the example to my son. And that's why I'm preserving these things, because I think that they're, they're beneficial for his human experience, his emotional experience, and he gets to pick and choose what he takes and leaves from it. And so exemplifying these things to him will allow him his own personal growth. So that's kind of the exercise I did today with myself. And I'm hoping I can have Parker also follow suit a little bit. And his will look different. Yours will look different. But I think taking the time even just to acknowledge these parts, um, there is going to be like another piece to this that follows so that we kind of round it out with what work I'm doing with my doula, Lauren, in the death of pre-parent Sarah and the rebirth of new parent Sarah and allowing that postpartum time to be a little bit more magical versus dark, um, I've never given birth. I have no clue what I'm getting into in ways, but I also am a researcher and a learner. And so I have a pretty big mindfulness into what I hope to gain out of it. My expectations are almost non-existent because I've really, really focused on that through this whole pregnancy is not having an expectation out of anything. I don't expect my body to do this, that, or the other thing. I don't expect my baby, my family. I don't, I'm really trying to drop expectations. That does not mean that I do not have to have or cannot have desires. And I do desire to have good feelings around certain parts of this pregnancy and the labor of the baby and then the delivery and then the postpartum and in the fourth trimester. So the desires that you want maybe are not around the actions or the the functions of how things go because that is completely out of our hands most of the time. But the feelings you want to experience as you embark on each stage of life you can have a desire to have those feelings and pursue it. And I believe, especially as a manifester myself, I know I can manifest the feelings I want. And I'm here to encourage and share all of this with you guys. Some parts might be a little rocky and look back and say, maybe I should have done it this way, but I don't mind owning up to that because I don't have that kind of ego um, that has any shame in calling myself out. So 
I hope this helps. If you sat down to do this exercise, whether you're a parent already or if you're expecting currently or if you are going through an ego death, I really think I could have done this exercise in my 20s or during other life-changing seasons of my past and really benefited from it. But I would love love to hear that you've gotten something from this and work on it, meditate in it, pray in it, talk to somebody about it if it's kind of heavy and don't rush the process. So enjoy this stage of this and then hopefully um, gain some new perspective and peace. And in the next podcast, I'll make sure that I go into what comes next so we can kind of do this step-by-step together, if you will. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening and I will catch up with you guys soon. Thanks so much.